Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, welcome to God's Whole Story. This is Chelsea. I'm here with my co-host Ryan, and we have Lindsay on here again today, and we are digging into Deuteronomy 6 through 9, I believe. Yep. And there's a lot happening here. Moses is still going on a tirade about... <laughs> <laughs> I, I missed that heading. Moses tirade. Several Moses, next chapters. Moses is a monologue. Moses is a plot. Moses. <laughs> All right. What stuck out to you guys in this reading? Uh, Moses is a pretty tough pastor. Um, <laughs> no, actually, I think there's there's a lot of things that stuck out to me, but I think maybe the, my favorite thing that like just kind of struck me while we were reading it was Deuteronomy 9, 1 to 6, um, where God is telling the people, uh, well, I mean, I guess Moses is telling the people about God, like, you're going to take this promised land. It's going to be yours. You're going to start to feel like it's because you're so awesome, but I need to remind you that you're not awesome. And if anybody's great at reminding the Israelites that they're not awesome, it's probably Moses. (laughs) (laughs) He's seen it all. (laughs) um, I mean, it it feels um, very Romans. Like, it feels very, um, like... It feels very New Testament, even though that's not actually a thing. Like, it, this is all one story. Um, but a lot of times we'll, we'll make the mistake that, like, oh, God is so compassionate, and now there's grace. And it's, like, so cool because now that we have Jesus, we have grace. It's like, no, there's there's grace here, like, right here where yeah. he's telling him to take the promised land. It's like, you do not deserve this, but I will give it to you because you are my treasured possession. Um, we're going to see it's not necessarily very simple. Like, they're, they're going to screw up a lot. Um, but, but God is being gracious and he's, he's presenting that kind of, I guess, theology of grace, like following, uh, God because he loves us and he, he grants us things, not because we're awesome, but because he's awesome. Mm -hmm. So I I like that very much. Yeah. It's, I think it does remind us that this whole concept, that the God of the Old Testament is a different God than the God of the New Testament. That is a false teaching. It's pretty dangerous, actually. It's a false teaching, actually, in church history. And it's everywhere. It's everywhere. (laughs) I I had someone recently ask my husband and I, you know, tell me, explain to me your belief in God, but use only the New Testament. They were a Christian. (laughs) And we're like... Uh, what? Guys, don't was do that, that. Was that like a fun challenge or was it like <laughs> they were trying to make is it they like were revealing your Christian about without themselves. telling you a Christian? <laughs> yeah. And I think it's it is so if you're reading the Old Testament properly, hmm. meaning just the plain reading of it, yeah. God is so, so, so gracious. Because he does where Moses just reminds him over and over. I love this in chapter nine, verse six. He says, You must recognize that the Lord your God is not giving you this good land because you are good. For you are not, you are a stubborn people. Like the there's nothing good. And he verse, later says in verse 24, yes, you have been rebelling against the Lord as long as I have known you. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sure they're like, come on, Moses, there's a few days that were like <laughs> real all-star days. Nope, as long as I've known you. But then he ends it saying this, that, but you, they are your people. He says this about God and your special possession whom you brought mm-hmm. out of Egypt by your great strength and powerful arm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's as Christians, this is the wonder of grace that the fact that we are terrible people who make messes is not the opposite concept of being loved and special to God. Mm-hmm. Both are true at the same time. Yeah. And we see this over and over. They are, and how can they not know this, right? They're sitting there thinking, we are about to go into the promised land, not because we've done a great job, but because God is so gracious. 
and he is committed to loving us no matter what. Yeah. If anything, it makes the gospel even more brilliant. Like to know that we are terrible and God still loves us. It does because it's been set in place since creation. It's not like it's not a new thing that happened in Rome, like because yeah. Jesus came. Like it, yeah. it actually existed. Grace did not arrive with Jesus. <laughs> it is embodied in Jesus and it appeared physically before. Yeah. But God has always been gracious. He is yeah. the same God yeah. for all eternity past and all eternity future. Yeah. The other thing we encounter in this passage is the classic question of why did God command the Israelites to wipe out other nations? How could a loving God do that? <laughs> Chelsea's on a genocide kick, guys. That's what's actually going well, on here. Okay, let's rename my kick. A genocide nope, kick nope. is not actually what it's it already is. been ordained. You can't read you can't read you hashtag can't, can't genocide it. kick if you want to comment. Chelsea on Mosher, this. hashtag genocide. <laughs> no, it's, it's a common thing. Like, why should we follow God that just commands yeah. genocide and just kills people off? Like, oh, this guy's terrible. And a lot of people actually, like you hear it enough because it's definitely a narrative that's out there. You start to believe it. You start to wrestle with your faith because of it. So yeah. let's let's dive into that. And I mean, this is not going to be the only opportunity we have to talk about this. <laughs> Judges is coming. This is going to come up some more. Yeah. Um, so what do we do with the fact that God is saying like, hey, take out those folks? I really want to hear Lindsay's answer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. There's no pressure on that. I think, okay, so I think it's really important for me, I will give my opinion on this. I do not think he is commanding genocide, although I do think he is judging. And there's a difference between genocide and judgment in this picture. And so I think sometimes we look at it and say, it seems like he's saying in this one little verse, destroy them all so that there's not a single person left and, you know, everybody's gone. But if you actually look, he repeats it over and over and uses different language. Clear away the nations. He actually says, I'm going to drive them out ahead of you. Drive out the nations before you. Don't. He even commands them earlier, if we look at yesterday's reading, don't intermarry with these people because they will ensnare you in idolatry. Wait, well, how can you marry them if they're all dead? Yeah, good question. Ah. Maybe he's not commanding them to all be dead. Now... <laughs> In Genesis, again, God's whole story, Genesis 15, when Abraham was promised this promised land, he said, the reason you're not going to just march right in there, Abraham, is because the nations who are in this land, their sin has not reached its full portion, basically. I am still giving them time to repent and turn towards me. It's this little window we see of how God's working in other nations. Mm -hmm. And so now we've reached this point where God's saying, Israel's ready to go in, and these nations have had hundreds It's of, time for judgment. Like, not just 100 years, hundreds of four, over 400 years, more than that. That's 400 years from yeah. slavery. Mm -hmm. And that is something you miss when you just, like, swoop in on one passage. Yes. And like, oh, my gosh, what? So you have, what, so 600 years of time where he's pleading with the Hittites and the Amorites, yeah. repent, yeah. come to me, he says. Yeah. And the descendants of Esau. Who should have known about the Lord? <laughs> and they knew. They knew these stories. This wasn't new yeah. to them. And so then he says, okay, you're going to lose your nationhood because he's not going to let – because what we find out later, these people burned their children right? yeah. in idol as to worship. things. And we should have questions a God who would allow that to continue. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And so he yes. is driving them out, breaking the nation apart, and saying, I'm not allowing you to remain as a singular nation with these practices and these religious things anymore. Mm -hmm. Did some of them die? Absolutely. 
I don't deny that. In the judgment. At some the of them, hands of the Israelites. At the hands yeah. of the Israelites. They resisted being driven out and yeah. they died because that's what happens in a fallen world. But even in that, he said drive them out. He did not actually say commit genocide. He drove them out. But I think, too, we're not avoiding the fact that there is judgment. Absolutely. And, and God's he, actually going to judge the well, Israelites in the same way. Being driven out really sucks, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. That's not a good thing. But what, what we should pay attention to is the hundreds of years of opportunities that are not necessarily explicitly recorded, but we know are there. Um, and I think I think the fact that he actually brings the same judgment on Israel later on, he's going to drive them out of their land. Yep. Uh, because— they're not obeying. He will not let sin multiply yeah. and people suffer in nations for this just to go on and on like he doesn't right. care. Yeah, the, the love of God is, can't be separated from the judgment of God. Because yes. the same way you can ask, how can a loving God ask the Israelites to commit genocide? You could also ask, how can a loving God allow these people who sacrifice their children to live? Yes. Like, this God's is- love and judgment, he's loving because he has, he is just. This is the one... Uh, <laughs> maybe analogy that helps in just a really trite way. But this is like if a father and mother, their child came to them from school every day and said, I'm being bullied. I'm being, maybe let's say it's a child of color. I'm being called the N-word. Kids are stealing my stuff. They're pushing me over in the hall and kicking me in the hallway. And it would be that child coming to the parents day after day saying this is happening. And those parents going, well, you know, I mean, hard times happen. We would judge those right. parents because right. judgment does not mean a, a lack of love. Sometimes mm-hmm. judgment is love in action saying, I'm going to intervene and stop this. If those kids get kicked out of the school, that's what needs to happen to stop this unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. I, I think that connects with God's heart for justice. I mean, yes. like he, he he can't be all about justice if it's just like, yeah, that's, that's cool. I mean, justice is thing. love in action. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other thing that you said before we started recording is that there, it's a very, very important distinction in this conversation is there, there are currently no nations hearing the word of God. Yes. Like there's no nation state that's hearing from God committing horrible things because he's asked them to. No, that has ended. He did that with one nation. Yeah. And that's not a relate. He did it with Israel. We got to see the curtain was pulled back. He does not continue to do that. So don't leave this podcast and prophesy that <laughs> Don't ever leave this podcast and prophesy. And prophesy that God that. wants you to go execute judgment on Somalia or something. Right. It sounds ridiculous, but that is a thing that happens. Like, hey, God needs us to intervene in this nation in this way because yes. these people, I mean, it doesn't what? mean that God's not working in nations still today. Yeah. He is just not telling us that level of detail like we see in scripture. Yes. Right. Yes. He's still active in nations, and we'll get to see that in heaven how yeah. that was working out. Also, we see the mercy of God in the story of Rahab who ended up being in the line of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, so we know there are people in the Bible of other nations that turned to God and repented. Um, the Ninevites did that. It's, it's Okay, and here's the crazy thing. We'll see later in Deuteronomy. Some of the people that were supposed to be driven out, they didn't leave. They were like, uh, no, we want to be part of this thing because this is a really cool nation. This is a different God. And so God said, okay, here's how you get all the foreigners in. And mm-hmm. some of them get folded into the nation if they said, we want to be part of this party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up for this party because this is really that's, that's a very important part of this conversation yes. because if he said kill everyone and he's also at the same time saying like, hey, let those folks that want to worship me come in. Yeah. 
something doesn't. And when they come in again, you'll see later. He says you can't have two laws for the foreigners and another law for the Israelites. Mm -hmm. They get treated exactly like an Israelite. They're now part of the people of God. Right. Sometimes those foreigners do get called rabble. Sometimes. Well, we've, we've seen we've what seen the Israelites get called. a derogatory term. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we do see, yeah, that the Lord has a heart for the nations. We've seen that before in Genesis. and From the beginning. We'll continue not, to see that. It's that's just the, the dream. The Israelites are the conduit of God's grace. Yeah. And someday, it's, we see in Revelation, all the nations will be present. Yeah. He will restore them. How yeah. about that? It's yes. very cool. Very cool. God's whole story. God's whole story. For real, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for listening today. We are loving this. We hope you join us again tomorrow. See ya. Bye. Deuteronomy 6, beginning in verse 1. These are the commands, decrees, and regulations that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. You must obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy. And you and your children and grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. If you obey all his decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. Listen closely, Israel, and be careful to obey. Then all will go well with you, and you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. The Lord your God will soon bring you into the land he swore to give you when you made a vow to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is a land with large, prosperous cities that you did not build. The houses will be richly stocked with the goods you did not produce. You will draw water from cisterns you did not dig, and you will eat the vineyards from vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. When you have eaten your fill in this land, be careful not to forget the Lord who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. You must fear the Lord, your God, and serve Him. When you take an oath, you must only use His name. You must not worship any of the gods of neighboring nations, for the Lord your God, who lives among you, is a jealous God. His anger will flare up against you, and He will wipe you from the face of the earth. You must not test the Lord your God as you did when you complained at Massa. You must diligently obey the commands of the Lord your God, all the laws and decrees He has given you. Do what is right and good in the Lord's sight, and all will go well with you. Then you will enter and occupy the good land that the Lord swore to give your ancestors. You will drive out all the enemies living in the land, just as the Lord said you would. In the future, your children will ask you, What is the meaning of these laws, decrees, and regulations that the Lord our God has commanded us to obey? Then you must tell them, We were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a strong hand. The Lord did miraculous signs and wonders before our eyes, dealing terrifying blows against Egypt and Pharaoh and all his people. He brought us out of Egypt so he could give us this land he had sworn to give our ancestors. And the Lord our God commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear him so he can continue to bless us and preserve our lives as he has done to this day. For we will be counted as righteous when we obey all the commands the Lord our God has given us. When the Lord your God brings you into the land you are about to enter and occupy, he will clear away many nations ahead of you, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. These seven nations are greater and more numerous than you. When the Lord your God hands these nations over to you and you conquer them, you must completely destroy them. Make no trees with them and show them no mercy. You must not intermarry with them. Do not let your daughters and sons marry their sons and daughters, for they will lead your children away from me to worship other gods." 
Then the anger of the Lord will burn against you and he will quickly destroy you. This is what you must do. You must break down their pagan altars and shatter their sacred pillars. Cut down their Asherah poles and burn their idols. For you are a holy people who belong to the Lord your God. Of all the people on the earth, the Lord your God has chosen you to be his special treasure. The Lord did not set his heart on you and choose you because you are more numerous than other nations, for you were the smallest of all nations. Rather, it was simply that the Lord loves you, and he was keeping the oath he had sworn to your ancestors. That is why the Lord rescued you with such a strong hand from your slavery and from the oppressive hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Understand, therefore, that the Lord your God is indeed God." He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant with for a thousand generations and lavishes his unfailing love on those who love him and obey his commands. But he does not hesitate to punish and destroy those who reject him. Therefore, you must obey all these commands, decrees, and regulations I am giving you today. If you listen to these regulations and faithfully obey them, the Lord your God will keep his covenant of unfailing love with you as he promised with an oath to your ancestors. He will love you and bless you. He will give you many children. He will give fertility to your land and your animals. When you arrive in the land he swore to give your ancestors, you will have large harvests of grain, new wine and olive oil, and great herds of cattle, sheep, and goats. You will be blessed above all the nations of the earth. None of your men or women will be childless, and all your livestock will bear young, and the Lord will protect you from all sickness. He will not let you suffer from the terrible diseases you knew in Egypt, but he will inflict them on all your enemies. You must destroy all the nations the Lord your God hands over to you. Show them no mercy and do not worship their gods or they will trap you. Perhaps you will think to yourselves, how can we ever conquer these nations that are so much more powerful than we are? But don't be afraid of them. Just remember what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh in all the land of Egypt. Remember the great terrors the Lord your God sent against them. You saw it all with your own eyes and remember the miraculous signs and wonders and the strong hand and powerful arm with which he brought you out of Egypt." The Lord your God will use this same power against all the people you fear. And then the Lord your God will send terror to drive out the few survivors still hiding from you. No, do not be afraid of these nations, for the Lord your God is among you, and He is a great and awesome God. The Lord your God will drive out those nations ahead of you, little by little. You will not clear them away all at once, otherwise the wild animals will multiply too quickly for you. But the Lord your God will hand them over to you. He will throw them into complete confusion until they are destroyed." He will put their kings in your power, and you will erase their names from the face of the earth. No one will be able to stand against you, and you will destroy them all. You must burn their idols in fire, and you must not covet the silver or gold that covers them. You must not take it, or it will become a trap to you, for it is detestable to the Lord your God. Do not bring any detestable objects into your home, for then you will be destroyed just like them. You must utterly detest such things, for they are set apart for destruction." Be careful to obey all the commands I'm giving you today. Then you will live and multiply, and you will enter and occupy the land the Lord swore to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey His commands. Yes, He humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord." For all these 40 years, your clothes did not wear out, and your feet didn't blister or swell. Think about it. Just as a parent disciplines a child, the Lord your God disciplines you for your own good. 
So obey the commands of the Lord your God by walking in His ways and fearing Him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land of flowing streams and pools of water, with fountains and springs that gush out in valleys and hills. It is a land of wheat and barley, of grapevines, fig trees, pomegranates, of olive oil and honey. It is a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. It is a land where iron is as common as stone and copper is abundant in the hills. When you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land He has given you. But that is the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey His commands, regulations, and decrees that I am giving you today. For when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied among, along with everything else, be careful. Do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from the slavery in the hand of Egypt. Do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions, where it was so hot and dry. He gave you water from the rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and test you for your own good. He did all this so you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. But I assure you of this, if you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods, worshiping and bowing down to them, you will certainly be destroyed. Just as the Lord has destroyed other nations in your path, you will also be destroyed if you refuse to obey the Lord your God. Listen, O Israel, today you are about to cross the Jordan River to take over the land belonging to nations much greater and more powerful than you. They live in cities with walls that reach to the sky. The people are strong and tall, descendants of the famous Anakite giants. You have heard the saying, who can stand up to the Anakites? But remember today, recognize today that the Lord your God is the one who will cross ahead of you like a devouring fire to destroy them. He will subdue them so you will quickly conquer and drive them out, just as the Lord had promised." After the Lord your God has done this for you, don't say in your hearts, the Lord has given us this land because we are such good people. No, it is because of the wickedness of the other nations that he is pushing them out of your way. It is not because you are so good or have such integrity that you are about to occupy their land. The Lord your God will drive these nations out ahead of you only because of their wickedness and to fulfill the oath he swore to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You must recognize that the Lord your God is not giving you this good land because you are good, for you are not. You are a stubborn people. Remember and never forget how angry you made the Lord your God out in the wilderness. From the day you left Egypt until now, you have been constantly rebelling against Him. Even at Mount Sinai, you made the Lord so angry He was about to destroy you. This happened when I was on the mountain receiving the tablets of stone inscribed the words of the covenant that the Lord had made with you. I was there for 40 days and 40 nights, and all that time I ate no food and drank no water. The Lord gave me the two tablets on which God had written with His own finger all the words He had spoken to you from the heart of the fire when you were a at the mountain. At the end of the forty days and nights, the Lord handed me the two stone tablets inscribed with the words of the covenant. Then the Lord said to me, Get up, go down immediately, for the people you have brought out of Egypt have corrupted themselves. How quickly they have turned away from the way I commanded them to live. They have melted gold and made an idol for themselves. The Lord also said to me, I have seen how stubborn and rebellious these people are. Leave me alone so I may destroy them and erase their names from under heaven. Then I will make a mighty nation of your descendants, a nation larger and more powerful than they are. So while on the mountain, so while the mountain was blazing with fire, I turned and came down, holding in my hands the two stone tablets inscribed by the terms of the covenant. There below me, I could see that you had sinned against the Lord your God. You had melted gold and made a calf idol for yourselves. How quickly you turned away from the path the Lord your God commanded you to follow. So I took the two stone tablets and threw them to the ground, smashing them before your eyes. 
Then as before, I threw myself down before the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights. I ate no bread and drank no water because of the great sin you had committed by doing what the Lord hated, provoking him to anger. I feared that the furious anger of the Lord, which turned him against you, would drive him to destroy you. But again, he listened to me. The Lord was so angry with Aaron that he wanted to destroy him too. But I prayed for Aaron and the Lord spared him. I took your sin, the calf you had made, and I melted it down in the fire and ground it into fine dust. Then I threw the dust into the stream that flows from the mountain. You also made the Lord angry at Taborah, Massa, and Kibroth Hetabah, and at the Kadash Barnea. The Lord sent you out with this command, go up and take the land I had given you. But you rebelled against the command of the Lord your God and refused to put your trust in him or obey him. Yes, you have been rebelling against the Lord as long as I have known you. That is why I threw myself down before the Lord for 40 days and nights, for the Lord said he would destroy you. I prayed to the Lord and said, O sovereign Lord, do not destroy them. They are your own people. They are your special possession, whom you redeemed from Egypt by your mighty power and your strong hand. Please overlook the stubbornness and the awful sin of these people, and remember instead your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. If you destroy these people, the Egyptians will say the Israelites died because the Lord wasn't able to bring them into the land he promised to give them. Or they might say he destroyed them because he hated them. He deliberately took them into the wilderness to slaughter them. But they are your people, your special possession, whom you brought out of Egypt by your great strength and your powerful arm. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcast at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you, and if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.